Hello and welcome to 313 Hockey, where we lied to you and you accept it as fact. I am your gaslighter, I mean your host, uh, Jake Rivard, and today is actually going to be a solo episode. Um, unfortunately, Maddie couldn't make it today, uh, but you know, make sure to send her some good vibes. With that being said, let's get to it. We have quite a lot to cover today. Uh, it looks like, for starters, we're going to go into our Detroit Sports Update. And this is really great, uh, because I feel like I'm already lying to you. I opened the Detroit Sports Update section, and I wrote, nothing to report in our show notes. When in reality, I'm sure there is something to report. Here, let me make something up really quick. Um, the Lions schedule is going to come soon, which means, of course, that I will have to attend a game or two. Uh, and I hope to see all of you there. As far as the season prediction goes, I'm going to say they go 16-0, and they steamroll the playoffs, and get their first Super Bowl win. It is written. Uh, and if that doesn't happen, I also predict that that could not happen too. So it's either going to be one of two things next season. They're either going to be undefeated, and they're going to win the Super Bowl, or it's going to be something different. You're welcome for that. Um, Pistons draft lottery starting up to soon. Also, speaking of draft lotteries, and we'll be getting to that shortly, uh, the draft lottery is dropping actually the day this podcast is coming out. So um, only God can help us now. Um, I really am curious to see how this is going to turn out. As far as the Tigers' standpoint, they were almost undefeated in May, but as of right now, they are they lost 6-12. to 12. Or nope, they're in the top of the ninth. It could still happen. Things could change. I'm not really optimistic about it, but things could turn around. Uh, anyway, think that about, yeah, that was the quickest Detroit sports update I think we've ever done. So um, look at me, I'm, I'm already wildly efficient. Uh, we're doing really great. Speaking of people that are doing really great, we need to talk a little bit about playoffs. Specifically, we need to talk about our favorite fan base in the world, the Toronto Maple Leafs. As you guys, I'm sure, are abundantly aware, um, this is the time of year where the most delusional people in the world become uh, somehow more delusional. I mean, like, like we're talking beyond the pale stuff. And this is no exception. Uh, every year that they're in the playoffs, they seem to do something insane. So, for example, I think about a decade ago, when James Reimer was their starting goalie, um, he actually he blew it you know, in their, their seven-game series. And... Maybe it wasn't a decade ago. I don't. It's been a while. Um, but when he when he lost, people were sending death threats to his pregnant wife. Jake Gardner, a few years ago, was a defenseman with the Leafs. Uh, he also received death threats for his yeah, but below average play during the series. Uh, Nazem Kadri received not only death threats but many many racist letters, emails, messages, etc. Uh, and they blamed the entire you know choking in the first round on him. If you're starting to notice a pattern, uh, good news, it has continued, and it will apparently continue until this team tanks again. Uh, Wes McCauley, referee, superstar, center of attention, has started to receive death threats. According to a piece by The Star, the family of referee Wes McCauley got threats when Maple Leafs played Lightning in playoffs. Who would have ever guessed uh, online anger boiled over when McCauley was one of two referees in the first game of the playoffs for the Leafs, a 7-3 loss to Tampa Bay Lightning, and the game in which Michael Bunting earned a three-game suspension. 
apparently they wanted to ask Sheldon Keefe about it. I don't know why they keep just asking this. They like, like over and over and over, this is a thing uh, where they ask about Wes McCauley. They find a different Toronto media is so creative, man. Toronto media, I think personally might be better writers than the WWE uh, who I think are very good at coming up with compelling narratives. These guys can find a narrative about anything. They're going to wind up finding out like, oh, the Maple Leafs are more likely to lose when um, William Nylander had oatmeal for breakfast. And then a whole campaign will be started about uh, how William Nylander can't eat oatmeal. Uh, the fans will send death threats to Quaker for you know making oatmeal. And you know the cycle will continue. This is pretty crazy. Um, they're doing this, of course, because Wes McCauley... The, the reason why there is beef, by the way, for context, uh, Wes McCauley's brother-in-law was a basically this disgraced coach. Uh, his name was David Frost. And Sheldon Key and Sheldon Keith used to work together. Um, and this guy, like, he's just a, he was a bad dude, bad coach. Um, I believe he covered up abuse. And he was rightfully fired, disgraced, etc. But what nobody tells you, because a lot of this narrative is surrounding, like, um, Wes McCauley, you know, like, Oh, he's in cahoots. They hate Sheldon Keefe because Keefe and Frost used to work together. Keefe actually testified on behalf of Frost. Why don't I pull up a quote for you? All right. <clears throat> when Danton was in prison in the U.S., so Mike Danton, who uh, was cons- was charged and convicted of conspiring to kill Frost, um, when he was in prison in the U.S. in 2008, it was left to, Ke- uh, to Keefe to testify on behalf of Frost, who was facing charges of sexual exploitation of minors that dated back to their time in a seedy hotel in Deseronto, Ontario. But anyway, um, fuck that guy, first off. Uh, fuck David Frost and fuck Mike Danton uh, and Sheldon Keefe for testifying on behalf of a guy who covered things up like that. If you have this like longstanding beef with somebody, I, like pers- this is just me, but like personally, I would not be um, testifying on behalf of them. That's kind of not a good move, in my opinion. Um, but anyway, we're getting we're we're going down the rabbit hole here. Basically, what I want to wrap this up with is uh, I am disappointed by the way Leafs Nation is acting with this, but I'm also not surprised. This has been a long time thing for what feels like my entire life. And if you are listening to this and you're a Leafs fan, uh, I would not recommend sending death threats. Oh, I've gotten death threats from Leaf fans too. So um, I guess it's something I shouldn't be surprised with. I've only gotten death threats from two fan bases, the Leafs and weirdly enough, the New York Islanders. Um, I tweeted out a couple years ago that Matt Barzal is just a poor man's Dylan Larkin, which I still stand by that fact. And I had Islanders fans telling me, like, you better not come to Long Island or like, oh, you better not leave your car parked on this street. You just very like bizarre behavior. And I get it. I guess I would be like super mad and frustrated all the time, too, if I had to live on Long Island or if I had to support the New York Islanders, um, which is the equivalent of drinking a bottle of NyQuil or staying up till three in the morning and trying to drive down the Ohio Turnpike. Uh, Also would not recommend that. But I'll tell you what. Driving sleep-deprived is probably more entertaining than watching paint dry, which is more entertaining than watching the New York Islanders play. 
Speaking of lackluster play, the Devils are currently down 0-2 in their series. They're actually probably going to be up 5-1 by the time I'm done, or sorry, up 1-2 by the time I'm done recording. They are currently playing at a 5-1 lead. Uh, and I hope that they do well because I actually, I'm kind of a little, I don't know, they're, they're like the underdogs. And I think that when the Wings are ready to contend, those guys are going to be rivals for a very long time. Basically, it's going to be them, the Senators, Sabres, and Wings are the next like big thing to come out of the East. The Blue Jackets, if they get Connor Bedard, could also be on that list. Uh, I don't see Philly making any progress in that direction. I see Pittsburgh falling apart next year. The Capitals, I think, are going to hang on for another couple years, or they're just going to do what they can to help Ovi like, reach that milestone. At this point, if I was a Caps fan, I think I would be doing the exact same thing, too. I like it. I'm cool. I'm here for it. Um, and I think that next year is going to be very interesting with that in mind. Now that I'm now that I'm like putting some thought into it, like say the Wings do get Connor Bedard, I think that immediately makes them a power player in the division. But I mean, when you look at teams like Florida that are now in the second round and actually kicking the shit out of the Leafs, you have the Leafs who you should never sleep on. They're still very good. Um, the Bruins who just won the President's Trophy. I don't know if they're going to be as good next year, but. I thought they were going to miss the playoffs this year. So I've been very, very wrong before. Uh, And then you've got teams like Tampa. I mean, you can never count Tampa out. Senators are going to be on the come up. I mean, this is, this is just the new metropolitan division. Uh, Do you remember a couple of years ago when like the Metro division was, was just a nightmare. Like it was always coming down to like game 81 or game 82 to determine the playoff picture. That is what we're getting ourselves into. Um, and it's going to be one of the experiences that we will ever have as fans. If you think that watching a rebuilding team is tough, imagine having a totally built team and watching it totally collapse. I think about that a lot with the Rangers. The New York Rangers, I, I have beyond zero sympathy for. This team was gifted a first overall pick, a second overall pick, a Norris-winning defenseman who refused to play anywhere but New York, Vezina caliber goalie. I mean, he literally just won it last year. A top five winger who refused to sign anywhere but New York. And a handful of like very, very good players. And they couldn't even make it out of the first round. I mean, when you are literally handed like... You are handed blessings. This is like... This is like the equivalent of being born in medieval Europe... And you are a nobleman who lives in a beautiful castle. You have the best guards, great trade routes, maidens as far as the eye can see. And yet somehow you don't know how to fortify your walls. And the sieging enemy, the, the vagrant New Jersey devils, managed to topple your fortress. That, to me, is maidenless behavior. And that is what the New York Rangers are guilty of. The New York Rangers, New York Rangers, I pronounce you mid. Congratulations. Uh, okay, so from here, Connor McDavid is insane. Yeah, okay, great job, past Jake, for writing that. Uh, that goes without saying. I mean, that's, that is water is wet. He is the most exciting and electrifying player I think I've ever watched in my life, besides, like, Pavel Datsuk growing up. I mean, Datsuk was, was you guys all know, he's out of this world. Um, but Connor McDavid is so dominant at his sport, and yet nobody knows about him. You have to be, like, very into hockey or, like, an an active enjoyer of hockey when you should be able to look at that and be like, oh, yeah, Connor McDavid, like, the most dominant athlete in the world, the guy who is doing more for his sport than 
any other athlete in any other sport. There is nobody who's dominating quite like him. This is like prime LeBron James territory, and nobody's talking about it outside of the hockey world. I think that... uh, So, we're going to go on a little bit of a tangent here. Um, Snoop Dogg is actually pushing to become an owner of the Ottawa Senators, which I think is great. And in one of his quotes, he talked about how McDavid is the most dominant athlete in the world, and yet the NHL doesn't know how to market him. You can't go up to a random person on the street and be like, oh, Connor McDavid. They're going to be like, who the hell is that? Like, he should be spoken of in the way that, like, Patrick Mahomes is or, like, Tom Brady or um, freaking LeBron. Yeah, like, he should be a household name. He should be something that people are able to be like, wow, look at that guy. Shohei Otani, great example. Like, I, I just don't understand why the NHL is so bad at this. Put me in charge. Put me in charge, and I would fix the NHL's marketing. And here is how I would do it. The first thing I would do is focus the attention more on the players than I would, like, the, oh, yeah, we're going to, you know, play the full 60, whatever. Like, get some entertaining journalists in there to ask them questions beyond your generic, like, oh, do you guys think you gave it your all tonight? Like, of course they're going to answer, like, yes, we gave it our all. I want puff pieces. I want to regularly market these players with unique personalities. Moritz Sider has a great personality. When they were doing the Mojo show, that easily showcased a lot of who these athletes are. I just think that there needs to just be more of a focus on these human beings, these, these fascinating, potentially fascinating people. I know they're about as boring as like cardboard, but there are still a couple good ones out there. There are still people with like legit personality. I would get a more diverse marketing team, I think. I think we need people of different backgrounds and different persuasions, people who have had different experiences in life to offer perspectives and angles that maybe you or I wouldn't know. I, From there, I would focus on simplifying the streaming system because I have a buddy who lives in uh, Seattle. He's a new Kraken fan, and he's kind of irritated. He's like, I want to get into hockey, but I can't because I don't know which streaming service to use. That is not good. That is not a good problem to have, especially if you're trying to grow a league. Um, And I would also make every game Pride Jersey mandatory. But that's just me. That's just me. I'm in charge. Uh, And you don't get something to do, and if you do, you're fired. Where are we going from here? Leon Dreisaitl might be the best playoff player in NHL history. Yeah. Yeah, I can get behind that. He's going to look really amazing in the winged wheel. Think we've all been sleeping on Carolina. Well, yeah. The, the thing is, like, Carolina, to me, has become one of those, like, regular playoff appearance teams where they're, like, out in the second round. They're sort of like... Um, they're like having Bill Murray in a movie. You're like, oh, this thing, this thing, this thing. Oh, also Bill Murray's here. Cool. Like, oh, the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, I remember them. Um, not that I don't like them. I think that that they're a perfectly fine team. Um, great fans. But they, you know, they're 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 not the big like heavy hitters that you would have expected. And I don't know if that has to do with their market size or like the fact that they don't have like a bona fide like super duper star player. But I kind of like that they don't have that. I think that if this team can go all the way and win, it can prove that you don't need... I mean, it can prove what the St. Louis Blues proved all those years ago, like that you don't need like a superstar caliber player to win it all. I think they have the advantage with depth, but they're also suffering because they're losing guys like Andrei Svechnikov for the rest of the season, 
which not having your best scorer is is a little bit of a problem. I, I've heard that's not a good thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if they're going to win the series. I think they're going to take it to about six games. I think the Devils do this thing that I've noticed where they kind of they get used to the systems, they get used to their opponents, kind of get you know pushed around a little bit, and then they rally back. That's what they did with the Rangers, and that is what I believe we'll do here. Here are my game, my round two predictions. I'm going to say Panthers in six, not because the Leafs aren't going to like pull it off, but because I don't really see the Panthers completing the sweep, but I don't necessarily see the Leafs winning the series with the way they're currently playing. I mean, they're getting just manhandled out there by Sam Bennett, by Matthew Kachuk, like all these other guys. If they don't adjust... They're toast, um, but I think they're. I think they might win tonight's game. We'll see uh, tomorrow, whenever this episode goes live. So if I'm right, then like you know, tell me something nice, and if not, then um, tell me something nicer because I am struggling right now, and I could love. I could use some some compliments, and also I love attention. Let's just get, let's be real here. Um, so Panthers in six. I'm gonna say Devils in seven. Stars, mm, actually, mm, that one's tough. That one's tough. Yeah, I'm gonna say stars and stars and five. I I think they're they're up two to one. Right, we're gonna find out really quick. What's really fun about this podcast is that I can just be wrong live, but you just kind of have to accept it. Yeah, I'm gonna say actually, I'm gonna say Devils in also in six. So we got Panthers in six, Jersey in. Did I say six? I'm going to say Jersey and seven. Jersey and seven. I'm going to say Oilers and five. That's my that's my big scalding take. I think that the fact that they've been able to score four or more goals every single game against Vegas is encouraging for the Oilers. And I really do think that this could be their year to make it to the finals. Assuming they can beat Dallas or Seattle. This is weird playoff, man. This is this is a very weird playoff year. I kind of love it, though. There's a lot of teams that either have never won it before, like Florida and Vegas and Seattle. And then there are some that haven't won it in decades, like the Stars or Oilers or, yeah, the Devils and Leafs. I don't know. There, there's, there's a lot to like about it. There's a lot of parody. And we don't have to watch the same boring teams all the time. I don't have to watch Colorado or... Tampa or Boston. And I'm, I'm very much here for that. I I'm in support of that. And I hope you guys are too. We have some Red Wings news tomorrow or the day this episode comes out. Uh, the draft lottery is happening. I am incredibly anxious. I don't know about you guys. Uh, I actually have bit my nails down to my fingers down into just fine nubs. So if you see me tweeting, it is off of the nubs that once existed where my fingers are. Uh, I'm sure it'll be fine. I mean, Connor Bedard will be a good player. He's he's, he's going to be pretty all right. And he's going to look great in the winged wheel. That's the best part about this. For those of you who are doom and gloom and are like, oh, the Wings never win lotteries. The Wings never do this, blah, blah, blah. I have two things to tell you. One, shut up. Two, manifest. Literally, all you have to do is just gaslight yourself into believing that these this is going to happen. Because it is. It is, and you can't disagree with me. I think it's going to turn out really great. Um... And even if we don't get Bedard, there are plenty of other options out there. I don't know. I 
I think it will be one of the draft lotteries of all time. I sure hope that it winds up going our way, though, because we kind of need a dub here in Detroit. Like, let's be real, guys. This is We have just been suffering with our sports teams for a long, long time. And I know that a lot of us have been used to the Wings winning our whole lives, but, like, I'm impatient, and I would like to start being good again, and I think that would be a good way to do it. Okay, let's see. Oh, yes, I have one request. One request for every occult, witchy, um, and spiritual person out there. I would like you to do prayer circles, spells, candles, manifestation, uh, incense, you know, you name it. Do it to get us Connor Bedard. Because um, that'd be kind of cool. It'd be kind of cool to see, see, you know, like one of the best players to ever exist play on this team. I've heard that really good players are a good thing for a team, and that is something that I'd like to see. Speaking of things that I'd like to see, I've come up with this amazing segment that I think we're going to be doing every week, and it is called Insane Cap-Friendly Trades. For those unfamiliar, Cap-Friendly is a website where you can pretty much uh, analyze anything. You can look at a team's current salary cap. You can look up play, like who's going to be the next free agents. Uh, you can even do things like an armchair DM, like or armchair GM. Uh, you know, like you can you can run a mock draft, you can run trade machines, you can run uh, roster simulators. You know, figure out like who would be a good fit for this team. And with that comes a series of some of the most um, colorful trades I've ever seen in my life. Very colorful. So I'm going to read you a couple of them. This is the tweet that inspired this was um, from a Habs fan. A Habs fan proposed that the Red Wings, in exchange for Josh Anderson, give away Sebastian Kosa, Philip Zadina, a 2023 second-round pick, and a 2023 third-round pick. Yes, this um, this is bad, folks. This is, this is pretty brutal. Uh, the guy actually found it and sent me a much worse trade, too. <laughs> um so we're going to actually go through a few of these trades and just, I want to read you some of this pure insanity. I haven't actually read a couple of these, so I'm just going to click on the ones that I find the most exciting. This one is called EK65. So it looks like it's an Eric Carlson one. Um, it looks like, oh my God, the Toronto Maple Leafs <laughs> receive Eric Carlson at 25% salary retained in exchange for Matt Murray, Nick Robertson, Topi Nimala, a 2024 first-round pick, and a 2026 first-round pick. I guess I kind of understand this, but I also, like, I feel like every single play, every single team, whenever they look at these sorts of things, overvalues their prospects and then undervalues what, like, the other team wants in return. Let me see if I can find a good, like, wing-centric one, because I guarantee you there's going to be some good ones here. Um, any chance? Okay, here we go. The Red Wings. <laughs> this one's got to be made by Wings fan. Oh, this is good. The Wings send Gustav Lindstrom, Joe Valeno, and a first-round pick, the Boston first-round pick, in exchange for Taylor Hall and Linus Olmark. <laughs> Who says no? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, the Wings are obviously going to take that trade. Are you for real? Uh, let's see what else we have here. I wish there was like a like another page for this so we could just keep going through. I would love to read some of these. Um, 
Boston gets the Bergeron replacement. Linus Allmark and Brandon Carlo for Mark Shifley. I I hate that. That's terrible. That that hurts me. There's got to be more wings. Oh, move up to fourth overall. Okay, cool. So this is one with the Blackhawks. The Blackhawks send Caleb Jones, their first round pick, and their fifth round pick for... <laughs> God, wings fit. Come on, guys. You guys are so delusional. Philip Zadina uh, the fir- and both of our first round picks this draft. Why in any world would Chicago do that? Are <laughs> you for real? Oh, yeah, I'm going to trade up my super high lottery chance to win um, freaking Connor Bedard, you know, one of the greatest players of this upcoming generation, in exchange for Philip Zadina and some middle pack first round picks. What? Who does this? Who comes up with these? All right, let me see if I can find some other ones. There's got to be some really good ones. I love this. I'm I'm a big fan. I hope you guys are a big fan of this too. Um, I I'm a big fan of all of you, um, and I really appreciate that you guys go out of your way to listen to us because this is like this is one of the coolest things I've ever gotten to do. Oh my! Oh no! Was talking to someone about this last night. This is a Rangers fan. What would you think of Lafreniere, Barkley Goudreau, and Nico Mikola for Matty Beniers? <laughs> No. <laughs> to the Rangers, Cole Caulfield to the Habs, Lafreniere, Goudreau, first-round pick in 2023, and Adam Sikora. Rangers feel need at right wing. Have enough cap to re-up Caulfield. Send Laffey back to Canada. Dude. I love I love this delusion. I, I love it. I'm a really big fan of this. There's got to be some more bangers out here. Um I'll do one more and then we'll be good. Oh, some of these have just completely lost the plot. Yeah, you know what? Maybe, okay, okay, I'll read one more. Well, one more for fun. Tomas Tatar to Montreal and a 2024 second round pick for Frederick Ellard, Denis Gurianov, Lane Hudson, Jonathan Kov- Kov- Kovacevic, and Otto Leskinen. And a 2024 second round pick. This makes no sense. This this one is like just straight brain worms. Straight brain worms. Um, I feel like you made up half of these names too. I like like none of this makes sense to me. Okay, maybe this might be a very short segment. Um, oh, Hellebuck comes to play for Snoop Dogg. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, you know what? Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, it looks like a prospect and a second round pick for Connor Hellebuck. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Um, Okay, I've had enough of insane cap-friendly trades for now, uh, and I'm sure you are all very burned out by this too. Speaking of being burned out, uh, I am very tired, so this is going to be a fairly short episode. The good news is we have a giveaway coming up soon. Do I know what it is? No. Do I know when it'll be posted? Absolutely not, but it, it is coming. It will come sooner or later. Um hopefully after we win the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. All right, all right, here's the deal. If the Wings do win the draft, the draft lottery, and they draft Connor Bedard with the first overall pick, I will give away a Connor Bedard Red Wings jersey, and we can make a whole big thing out of it. It'll be pretty fun. Um, we can raise money for charity while we do it. Or you guys could just give us attention. Um, I'd like all the above personally. So 
Yep, keep that in mind. Um, please don't hold me to it if I forget. If I do forget, actually, yeah, you can hold me to it. Um, we've got a lot of content coming up this off season. I'm hoping we can get some good guests on. Uh, and hopefully once Maddie gets back, we'll have some very funny stories to share with you. Uh, as she is wont to share funny stories. Um, all right, cool. I think that is all the time we have for today. I love you guys. 